When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today we are headed to one of the most remote regions of Oregon, the rugged and beautiful Owyhee Canyon lands. That's right, Vicki. And when we say remote, we mean remote. The Owyhee Canyon lands is located near the eastern border of Oregon, just a few miles from Idaho. So from Portland, it's a six-hour drive to the town of Ontario, and then another one or two hours south from there depending on where exactly you're going in this really sprawling natural area. Wow, that is a long drive. This is clearly not a day trip (laughs) from Portland. (laughs) Um, But Jamie, I know that you just recently made this trek, and it sounds like you have some awesome stuff to report back with. Yeah, this was um, like at the top of my bucket list to get to really for the last few years. And I think longtime listeners of the podcast may have heard me talk about this ever since I think the beginning. Um, it's a spot that like, you know, because of it, its remoteness, um, I think is a lot of Oregonians like last place in the state to go check out. Um, and it certainly was for me anyway. So I really wanted to make sure I got it this year. I went out there. And so I set aside some time um, you know, got a, a good car with four wheel drive, um, and made the long drive out there. Um, you know, it's a place where you really can, and maybe should spend a, a lot of time to explore just because it's again, so far of a drive, um, from Portland. Um, I was there for two nights and, um, kind of had just a, a little bit of a whirlwind tour of the area. So before we get too deep into this, what is exactly the Waihee Canyon lands. Yeah, it's it's kind of complicated. And even that title, the Owyhee Canyon lands, is it, it's a little confusing. So in Oregon, when we use that that phrase, we're typically talking about this area of canyons and strange desert stuff, um, kind of along and near the Owyhee River as it flows through the southeast part of the state. Um, Owyhee Canyonlands is also used to refer to a nearby section of wilderness in Idaho, 
Um, so don't get it confused with that. Uh, it's something that um, or the, the, the title was used in Oregon by a lot of environmental activists, but since then has just sort of entered general use. Um, so it's kind of just become um, a, a phrase people generally talk about when they're talking about traveling to the Owyhee River in Oregon. And like I said, this is in the far eastern border of, of the state, um, kind of like the central border, and runs south from there. Um, the, the sort of the northernmost section of it is um, all around Lake Owyhee or the Owyhee Reservoir, which is um, a really massive body of water from damming the Owyhee River. So um, in a nutshell, that's what it is. But there's a lot of different sections to this. Um, a lot of different ways to approach it. So it can be kind of confusing. It's kind of a place where you really want to make sure you do your research before just setting off and going to explore it. That makes sense. Um, so because this is so remote, do that many people live out here in this area? Well, it, it's interesting. It's it's really remote, but it's you know only a couple hours from Boise, Idaho. Ah. So, you know... It, it's, you know, when you think about it in terms of Oregon locations, Ontario is is pretty far out there, but it is also along I-84. Um, you know, there's a, a series of sort of small towns around Boise, uh, Nampa, Caldwell. Um, and, you know, then pretty soon in Oregon, you're in Baker City and you're in La Grande and Pendleton. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, you know, pretty vibrant rural area as far as rural areas go. But when we're talking about the Canyonlands itself, these these areas, you're going to find mostly just people who are there for recreation, as well as I think a lot of cattle farmers. I saw so many cows, just the most cows I've seen in like in like a <laughs> this kind of setting. Oh my gosh. Well, aside from cattle farming, uh, what do people do out there? I imagine they, you said that there is a river, so I'm imagining that some water sports are pretty active out there. Well, you're, you're, aside from like sort of hiking um, the canyons, which is I think what, you know, that's what I was there to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of boating, whether that's kayaking, canoeing, uh, motorboats are allowed on Lake Owyhee. Um, fishing is very big throughout the area, both in Lake Owyhee and along the Owyhee River. So I saw a ton of fly fishers, a ton of um, you know fishers out in boats. Um, people were just out and about. Um, I think fishing, honestly, was probably the most popular activity I saw there. Um, and then um, you know the, on, the, on all these back roads, uh, some are more passable than others. And especially on those like less passable ones for like passenger vehicles, you're going to see a lot of off-highway vehicles. So um, I saw like a group of dirt bikes out there once. Um, a bunch of people were driving around in like little like dune buggies or little ATVs um, zipping around those those roads. So um, really, you know, pretty much everything um, that you can imagine getting up to in that kind of landscape, you you'll find someone doing that. Got it. And since this place was on your bucket list for so long, was was ATVing in the, in the cards for you, Jamie, or did you have other plans? No, I was there primarily to hike the canyons and also to kayak the lake. Those were my two things because that's those are the two things I really enjoy doing as well. Um, so I, you know, I, I borrowed a, a fold up kayak from our colleague Sam Swindler. 
Um, and you know, it's one of these little origami kayaks I put together at Lake Owyhee and paddled out there for a while, which is really cool. Um, and then just did a whole lot of driving to trailheads and a whole lot of poking around and hiking these really cool and weird landscapes. So cool. Uh, um, so for people heading out there, where is kind of a good place to start when visiting? I feel like Lake Owyhee State Park is, is, is a great place to begin. Um, not just because it's like the biggest sort of organized, um, recreational areas in this, in this area, but like, it's also at the Northern end of Lake Owyhee. So it's kind of one of the first things you come to when you're going to be exploring this area. And, um, I, I like the state park a lot. It's, you know, there's a couple of, um, boat launches and a couple of campgrounds, just along this sort of northern stretch of lake. So it's mostly a place to camp out um, or do some fishing or do some boating. Um, I got a great campsite at one of the campgrounds there. I mean, it was beautiful. It was on, on like a, a, a hill, like the top of the hillside overlooking the lake. Oh so I just got to sit out at my campsite and watch sunset over the lake and watch the these cliffs turn like golden and pink in the sunlight um, really just spectacular place. Oh and because of that, it's a, a pretty competitive campsite. Um, on the weekends, you'll see this place fill up, um, because it's only open, you know, April through October, I believe, mm-hmm. um, one of the campgrounds anyway. And, uh, you know, it's, and it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, but this is also a place where, I mean, it seemed like every other person had a boat and was putting a boat into the water, <laughs> whether it was, um, you know, a, a fishing boat, motorboat, or, I mean, most people there had at least an inflatable kayak or canoe or a paddleboard or something. Um, so, I mean, it was a place to go boating and a place to do camping. Um, so uh, I, I found it to be great. Um, we've got a lot of really good amenities, you know, firewood and ice for sale and hot showers and flush toilets. So everything you'd want. So for folks who are just looking to dip their toes into it, or who are looking for a place to sort of anchor a larger trip around this area, Lake Owyhee State Park is a great place to start. And is this early summertime kind of the key time to go? Does it get pretty hot out there? Yeah, it you know, it, it's the desert, right? So it's, it's going to get warm um, for sure. And it's also an area that has a lot of potential for bad fires. I planned on going there in sort of the late spring, early summer, because one of the things I really wanted to see was not just that kind of rugged, you know, brown and golden rock, but also a lot of the green growth on the hillsides and the rivers too. So I kind of wanted to have that, you know, blue sky, green hills, um, red rock um, experience. I, I mean, as a photographer, that's just such a great combination of colors and shapes to have out there. Um, and it turned out to be just the perfect time for weather too, where it was not that warm. I think it was in like the seventies when I was there, maybe like low eighties, um, but really sunny the whole time. So, um, I was definitely like warm, but I wasn't like, you know, sweltering in the heat. I was able to go outside and hike all day and not worry about my, you know, safety. Um, you know, but it wasn't snowy. It wasn't cold. Um, I, I think this time of year is really honestly the perfect time to go out there. Love it. So you spent some time on the water at Lake Owyhee, um, and you also camped at the state park. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and then what else did you get into either there or in the area? Well, my, my plan was to, on the, my, my one sort of full day in the area was to do a series of hikes in sort of more of the Canyon lands part of it. Um, so I had, I'd, um, there's this a place called Sucker Creek state natural area. It's another state park and, um, a spot called Leslie Gulch that has a bunch of hikes, mm-hmm. um, to go check out there. And I was eyeing sort of this, these, these different areas. I thought, well, I'll, I'll go from the campground and I'll drive down to these hikes and, you know, do that for the day. What I didn't consider was like how long of a drive it would be between the campground and these hikes. I thought like they're geographically the same area. How long can it be? Yeah. But from the last hike I did to the, back to the campground, it was a two and a half hour drive. Uh. <laughs> so I, I, it was another, it was like another five hours of driving oh in total my. that day, um, which was a lot, but broken up by stopping and doing a lot of these, these different kinds of hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that was, I, I think one of my, my favorite days there though. I mean, the, the kayaking was great. The camping was great, but exploring these cool canyons was really interesting. So um, at Sucker Creek, it's a little bit different. It's sort of, you know, more grassy, more sort of plains, but it's a really cool rock hounding spot. I met this old couple there that got there at the same time I did, and they were saying they're they looking for um, agates and, you know, um, jaspers and wow. thunder eggs, which apparently you can find there. Um, I found a bunch of like little sort of jagged desert agates out there and some really cool rocks, um, just little ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were people out there with like little pickaxes and stuff going to work. And that's, that's something that is, you know, it's, it's kosher. The, the parks department allows you to do that in small amounts there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that people love to do. Um, so that was Sucker Creek. And then down in Leslie Gulch, I went on a couple of hikes. Um, one is Juniper Gulch, which is sort of like the most popular hike in this area. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I found it to be very beautiful and very strange. These rock formations called the honeycombs um, that are kind of like what they sound like these big sort of towering spires and these sort of like honeycomb, like golden colored rocks that are sort of have these holes and pockets in them. Um, But once you get to a certain point at Juniper Gulch, it requires you to sort of like do some very mild rock climbing or scrambling to get Mm -hmm. up. And I just, you know, when you have that feeling in your body, when you get to something like that and you go, this isn't for me in this moment. (laughs) Um, I just like had a a feeling about it and I I had not planned to go that far in there anyway. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to back off this one, but for folks who want to do more, there's a bunch of, you know, more Canyon to go check out there in Juniper Gulch. And, um, but I, I went down the road and stopped off at this much less popular place called Timber Gulch Mm -hmm. and Timber Gulch, um, it was sort of a much more manageable trail, just something you could walk a little steep, mm-hmm. you know, a little, a little crumbly, but, um, definitely just a trail that you could walk, um, up and down, but it led into this huge stone amphitheater with these, again, weird sort of, um, crazy looking rock formations all around that were so tall. Um, and, uh, it was just like nothing I've seen. Um, wow. very, very cool to walk up into there and spend some time hanging out in this amphitheater of rock. Um, and that to me was, was I think the coolest thing I saw there. So, um, 
you know, Leslie Gulch is sort of the area where all of these hikes are contained and there's several more in that area. So you can spend a day or two just exploring all of that. Yeah. You know, Jamie, mentioning this, uh, you know, this voice telling you, huh, this is probably not for me to do this scrambling, <laughs> you know, probably the right call when you're out there by yourself, you know, um, yeah. Are there yeah. <laughs> are there any special precautions to take while you're out in this area? Obviously, like you said, it can get pretty hot. Obviously, keep a lot of water on you. But what else should people take note of before heading out this way? Yeah, like you said, Vicky. I mean, having a lot of water. I had, you know, my my Nalgene full of water. I also had my like liter, you know, half size Nalgene full of water. I also had a five gallon tank of water in the trunk of the car. Mm -hmm. Um, just because you don't know, um, I had some food in the car with me. Um, if your car breaks down out there or if you're in the wrong season and you know, it get the roads, get get muddy and you get stuck. This mud is like, it's like the kind of mud you, you experience on the Alver desert, right? It's Mm -hmm. that really sort of thick, crazy mud that when it solidifies, it just gets real mucky. So every now and then you hear stories about people getting stuck in their cars out there. So you want to make sure you've got a lot of supplies in your cars just in case something happens and no one's around for who knows how long to help you out. Um, when I was there, there were fortunately a bunch of people out there. So um, I felt pretty good that if I got into a, a, a bad situation, someone would come by before long. Yeah. Um, but definitely want to make sure you've got those supplies in your car more so than you might normally do. Um, obviously, sunscreen. Um, some protection of some kind and download your maps, um, yes. go on all trails or, you know, you can find maps and directions from Oregon hikers field guide, um, or any number of sources, but to make sure you've got your maps downloaded on your phone, because in, especially when I was talking about Leslie Gulch and those hiking through those canyons, those are trails that were hard to follow with a map. <laughs> so, uh, if you don't have a map at all, <laughs> God help you. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a really tough, confusing area. Um, very rugged, uh, very few services. Um, so, uh, and make sure you've got a full tank of gas. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, Ontario is a place where, you know, I filled up on gas in Ontario and then didn't need to again until I drove back through that town, um, a couple of days later. So it's not crazy, but just make sure you get gas before you get down there. So you stayed, so one night you stayed at Lake Owyhee State Park for camping. Did you stay two nights there or did you find other campsites? I, I stayed both nights there and I kind of wish I hadn't. Okay. Um, that I, I do feel like was a mistake um, because as I was driving on that full day from Lake Owyhee State Park, I passed um, a couple of other, you know, great camp, campgrounds that are in that area. So Sucker Creek. Um, that I got to first has a, a pretty rustic uh, campground, but a campground all the same mm-hmm. right there. And then once you pass Leslie Gulch, um, the road goes all the way back to another uh, another lake access point at the sort of the middle or southern part of Lake Owyhee. And right there, there's another campground called Slocum Creek, and it's a really cool spot. Um, it's it's pretty well made. They have a bunch of um, like sort of pavilion like covers at, because of the sun and the heat, right? There's no mm-hmm. other shade. So you can sort of like, you, you have a picnic table that's covered and some areas to camp. And just the, the geology there is very cool and strange. It's hard to explain, but yeah. 
um, look at p- pictures of Slocum Creek and you'll see it's, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And you've got a great lake access point right there. Wow. Um, some people who I camped next to at Lake Owyhee ended up, I, I saw them at the Slocum Creek campground um, the next day. They had done that. They had gone down, explored all that stuff, camped at Slocum Creek and saved themselves from having to drive two and a half hours back <laughs> to Lake Hawaii. Um, so, you know, you live and learn. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a great way to do it. But as far as other places to camp, there were also just people doing dispersed camping everywhere. Um, this is an area where that, um, there are a lot of areas where it's clearly um, approved and it's fine. And some areas where people just seem to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously check in with, um, I think BLM is, uh, manages most of that land. Okay. Um, but all along, especially the Owyhee river, when you're driving into Lake Owyhee state park, there's a ton of riverside spots where people were setting up RVs or just tents or their trucks or whatever. I think a lot of people doing fishing, especially mm-hmm. will do campsites out there alongside the river so they can wake up nice and early and, um, get out and do some fly fishing in the morning. So always an option as well. A lot of places to camp. So you're out there so far in Eastern Oregon. Um, How close are you to Boise at this point? Boise is like two and a half hours ish away, depending on where you are in Boise, which seems really far to me. Um, But when I was out there doing, you know, three hours of driving or five hours of driving or seven hours of driving to get back to Portland, two hours is actually not that bad. Um, so like I, I was thinking about this when I got home and I thought I could have probably stayed in Boise and had the same amount of driving during the day, you know, than if I had stayed at Lake Hawaii state park, not that I regret staying at that beautiful state park with incredible campsite, but for folks who want to do this, who maybe want to throw in some, urban comforts. Um, Boise's right there. It's a great city. I've not been there in a number of years, but um, I have had some great times in Boise. Um, Very cool place. Lots to get up to there. Um, And it makes a really good anchor for this trip, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that is crazy how close that actually is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So for people who might want to make the trek out to this part of Oregon um, and specifically staying at these campgrounds and maybe doing some of these hikes, do you need any special permits or anything ahead of time before you head out this way? Not too much. Um, Folks who are going to be doing boating um, or even some kayaking, you might need special boating permits to do that. So make sure you've got all your ducks in a row when it comes to your boat permits. Um, securing campsites at the state park campgrounds, you know, like it is do it early as early as you can, um, shoot for weekdays. That'll help you out. Um, these, these campgrounds are only open for certain times of the year and it can get pretty competitive. Um, there's a few first come first serve campsites there. Uh, I wouldn't count on it, especially for weekends. Uh, you might find yourself doing some dispersed camping or driving out to Boise if that's the case. Um, so I'd say just prepare as much as you can ahead of time. Make sure you've got all your supplies, make sure you've got all your reservations and just, you know, um, do what you need to do to keep yourself safe out there. Absolutely. So Jamie, you finally crossed this off of your Oregon bucket <laughs> list. Did it live up to all of your expectations that you had for this trip? 
It did. It did. I, it was gorgeous and beautiful and incredible. Um, just even just doing the drive. I know it was like, you know, like doing this crazy two and a half hour <laughs> drive just to go back to my campground. Um, but it was an incredibly beautiful drive. Um, and again, seeing all those cows was also cool. There were like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like <laughs> there were cows frolicking in the road. There were like oh baby God. cows and mama cows. There were cows with big horns and funny little hats. Um, <laughs> Like, like, look like little, um, old school football helmets, but like with cutouts where the horns came out. Yeah. I don't know why I'm not a cow person. I don't know why they were doing that, but there's, I'm sure there's a good reason. <laughs> really big, enormous cows too. Just like standing on the side of the road, giving me this, some, the stink eye as I drove by. Um, so fun. Please, please tell me you have photos of the cows. I have at least one video of the cow. It's hard to do it and drive. This is true. This is um, true. Safety first. I do have at least one video of the cow I can show you, Vicky. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So if people want to read more, um, I'm assuming you have a package coming out about this trip for oh, yeah. Oregon Live. Yep. Yep. Um, I will definitely have a package put together about uh, my travels here, but there's also a lot of good resources online. Uh, if you just Google Owyhee Canyonlands. You can find it. There's a lot of great stuff. Um, Oregon Hikers Field Guide has a ton of really good detailed hikes. I use them religiously. Um, and all trails, you can find some good information there as well. So a lot of resources there. Um, and we'll have some beautiful pictures and some fun stories coming on OregonLive.com slash travel too. I love it, Jamie. As you are crossing this off of your list, I am adding it to mine. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there at some point. I can't wait to hear about it, Vicki. But folks, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you are interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.